All right. Good evening, everyone. Let us uh, let us begin. So wonderful to be back learning with everyone. I'm sorry, we're getting a um, little bit of a later start. Baruch Hashem, coming from the Chasana, going back to a Chasana, but didn't want to miss another week. Baruch Hashem and our Shir. So we're continuing Emir Hashem in this week in Kapitol Samech Ches. So we began again. We began this particular Kapitol two weeks ago. And I want to draw your attention really to this week, and it's incredible. I think I've, I've mentioned this often in the course of these shiurim, how incredible it is to see how the particular capital that we're learning often is related to the parish in such incredibly and beautiful, dramatic ways. So remember, again, we began the capital Sameches two weeks ago, La Matzeach, with David Mizmar, Shir. So remember, we thought we spoke a little bit about the thematic overtone of the particular capital a few weeks back, and we pointed out the idea in this particular chapter of Tehillim how the tone of David HaMelech is one of upbeat optimism. David HaMelech, again, not feeling defeated, but David HaMelech really emoting an incredibly positive and overwhelming message of success. So to continue a little bit in that, I forgot to announce, the series is dedicated by the Engelsberg, Dinevitzer, and Steinberg families. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama Havnaliyah, and the family in Nechama. So if we take a look tonight, we're really only going to focus on one Pasuk, and that's the underlying Pasuk. David HaMelech writes, Elohim, Moshev Yechidim Beisa, or Baisa, Motsi Asirim Bekosharos, Ach Sororim Shachnu Tzichicha. So David HaMelech writes over here as follows. He says, well, let, let's just use the translation. God settles the solitary in a house. He takes the prisoners out at the most opportune time but the rebellious dwell in an arid land. So we're going to leave out that last phrase for now, but really focus on the first part. Elohim Moshev Yechidim Beisa, which just in simple English means HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes the individual who is alone and puts them in a home. Takes the individual who is alone, puts them in a home. Motsi Asirim Bekosharos. He takes those who are confined or those who are prisoners and he takes them out again at a kosher time, at an opportune or proper time. So what is Davra Melech saying in this? In other words, a very, a very cryptic pasuk. So interestingly enough, we're going to go through a couple of different approaches. Malbim in number two takes a more historical approach. And the Malbim writes, he says, Elohim, bevo ha'oyev, b'ktsei ever hayardim, azvu hayoshvim hayichidim bechatsirim ba'are prazos, es mishkinemi pachad oyev. So remember again, Interestingly enough, when we saw in our last shear, one of the things that we were dealing with was as follows. If you remember, the way the capital begins in Pasuk Beis was, Yakum Elohim Yafutsu Aivav. Hashem's enemies should run away. And if you remember, again, we had a discussion, which enemies is David HaMelech referring to, right? Who, who are the enemies that he's referring to? So we saw the approach of many of the Mepharshim that it's no specific enemy, but rather what? It's general enemies. David HaMalach is talking about the fact that so many people have risen up against him, and yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu has allowed him to be successful. So the Malbim says something amazing. Going ahead and kind of continuing on that theme. David HaMalach writes, he says, Who are the people often who are most impacted by battle? People who live in border cities. Right? Because again, remember, if you live in a border city, ultimately, again, when an attack or an incursion takes place, you are often the first to feel it. So therefore, the Mabim says something absolutely amazing. During the various wars of Klal Yisrael, 
people were forced to leave their homes. Right? People were forced to leave their towns. People were forced to leave their cities. That's the Malmah saying in number two. He says, When the enemy would come in over the Transjordanian area, You had individuals who had to leave their homes. They had to leave their domiciles because of the invading enemy. So therefore, the mom says something so beautiful. The phrase, Elokim Moshev Yechidim Beisa. Hashem, you take the individuals and you put them in their home. The Malbim understands that that tafka refers to individuals who had to leave their home under the threat of war. HaKadosh Baruch Hu ushers in a period of tranquility and ultimately allows those individuals to come back home. He goes on, he says, Furthermore, he says, that's the first part of the phrase. For those Jews who had to pick up and leave their homes in the midst of war, in the midst of civil unrest, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows them to go back home. What does it mean? That refers to those Jews who are taken captive. Those individuals who are taken captive by our enemies during the various wars of Klal Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu ultimately sees to their freedom. The Yibam ultimately extracts them from their shackles. So that's the Malbim. So according to the Malbim, therefore, this is really what we'll call a historical capital. David HaMelech is talking about the fact that not only did HaKadosh Baruch Hu allow us to go ahead and vanquish our enemies, but he kind of made things right. He allowed people to go back to their homes. He took people out of their shackles. That's the Malbim. Rashi has a different approach. If you take a look at Rashi number three, Rashi understands that the Pasuk is not really historical, but rather the Pasuk is much more a combination of future historical oriented. How so? Rashi number three says, Moshev Yechidim Beisa, Yisrael Shahayu Mefuzarin. So Rashi says this beautiful phrase of Moshim Yechidim Beisa. He takes the individual and he brings him to a home is a reference to Messianic redemption. That right now in a state of Galus, we are dispersed, right? We are in a state of diaspora. We are in a state of dispersion. Ultimately, what's going to happen when Mashiach comes HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to gather us all together. He's going to get Moshev Yechidim Beisa. So just to understand, it's interesting the way the different Mepharshim translate the phrase. According to the Malbim, Moshev Yechidim Beisa means those individuals who have been expelled from their homes as a result of war will be returned to their homes. Those individuals taken in captivity will ultimately be freed. According to Rashi, Moshev Yechidim Beisa the Yechidim refers to Klal Yisrael. Each of us is a Yachid. Each of us are individuals. Why? Because we're in diaspora. Because we're scattered. Because we're dispersed. What's going to happen in the Messianic era? HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings all the individuals home. Now listen to this. What does it mean? Motzi Asirim Bekosharos. What does that mean? That he goes ahead and frees. Literally again, takes the prisoners out at a most opportune time. So here Rashi says something beautiful. And again, very, very, very connected to the parasha. When did Hashem take us out of Egypt? 
in the most perfect month for good weather. Chodesh Nisan. Because what happens in Nisan, it's not yet the summer, so it's not too hot. The winter is pretty is over, right? The rainy season is over. Sakodesh Baruch Hu took us out of Mitzrayim at a most opportune time. That's what it means, Motzi Asirim Bekosharos. He took those who were enslaved out at a most opportune time. So it's interesting because the Malbim sees this entire thing through a historical lens. David HaMelech referring to the Jews who were displaced, taken captive during the various wars of Am Yisrael. And David HaMelech saying the day will come where HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bring those who had to leave their homes back to their homes. Those taken in captivity will be freed. According to Rashi, the Pasuk is a combination of ultimately anticipatorily pining for the future while at the same time reflecting on the past. Motzi, excuse me, Moshev, Yechidim Besa, Messianic era. Kaddish Baruch will take the individuals of Klai Yisrael and bring us back into one home to be united together. Motzi Asirim Bekosharos, a reference to Jewish history. Kaddish Baruch took us out of Mitzrayim at the most beautiful and opportune time. A third approach, which is source number four, the Radak. And the Radak says as follows. He says, Elohim, he says, Osam Yechidim. This is actually very moving. So the Radak says, No, I don't agree with the Malbim or Rashi. I don't think David Amalek is talking about a national historical idea, and I don't think he's talking about a future national idea. Rather, the Radak understands that David Amalek is using this Pasek to speak to us on a very personal level. What does it mean, Moshev Yechidim Besa? He brings individuals into the home. Who are the yechidim? Who are the individuals over here? This is a husband and wife. Who have struggled to have children and unable to have children. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do for them? Moshev Osam Besa. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a home for them. Shehu kalal banim ubanos. So a very beautiful and moving idea that the Ribbono Shalom sees the individual, the way, the way that Radak is understanding it, Moshev Yechidim. Sometimes there are individuals, Moshev, who are together. And what do those individuals want more than anything? Besa, they want a bias. What does it mean they want a bias? They want a family. They want a family. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees the pain. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees the struggle. And what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? The Ribbono Shel Olam ultimately, David HaMelech, hopefully, this is, this is a tefillah, blesses them with that which they want most. A bias. And a bias in this context, of course, doesn't simply mean a physical domicile, a physical home, but rather a bias in this context means a family. So that's Moshe Yechidim Beisa. Motzi Asirim Bekosharos. What does that refer to? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes out the prisoners at a most opportune time. So listen to this. He says... Those who are literally again shackled with iron chains, who motzi osam mikishreim, kima osam hashvuyim shahayu b'machana ashur mikoshim mitzrayim. So the Radak says something absolutely beautiful. The Radak says that what David Amalek is saying is as follows: Hakadosh Baruch Hu is able to extricate us from the most difficult of circumstances. And David Amalek is giving two very interesting, difficult circumstances. One of them is childlessness. One of them is the struggle of a man and a woman, of a husband and wife, to have children. 
And the, David HaMelech says, put your faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshev Yechidim Besa, for he is the one who has the ability to help individuals, a husband and a wife, for individuals create a bias. Motzi Asilim Bekosharos, this is incredible, the Radak says, this refers to people who are shackled by something that is as strong as iron chains. What's something that is as strong as iron chains? The truth is we each have to fill in the blank for that. Right? Those are the things that shackle us. Those are the things that hold us back. You see, whether we like to admit it or not, we're all held prisoner by something. Some of us are held prisoner by the fear of failure. Some of us are held prisoner by arrogance. Some of us are held prisoner for all the whole toxic relationship. You, you fill in the blank. We're, we're all held prisoner by something. And by the way, this is true. This is true even on, on an individual level and on a national level, right? If we look into, inside of ourselves, we're all held back. They're, 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 I, I have my chains. I have my chains. And it's those chains which prevent me from self-actualizing. It's those chains which prevent me from becoming the best version of myself. And we all have it. We all have it. For many of us, it's fear. Fear of what? Fear of the unknown. Fear of failure. Fear of accomplishment. You'd be surprised. People do have a fear of accomplishment. Because if I discover that I could accomplish things, right, that actually I have to set the bar a little bit higher. We have so many things which hold us back like shackles. And the truth is, on a national level, we also have chains. And again, you know, I, I, I don't want this to become the topic, but, you, you know, it, it's been interesting to see, you know, how much has been written about in the aftermath of the whole Chaim Walder tragedy. When I say tragedy, I'm not referring to his suicide. I'm, I'm referring to the victims, the, the, right, the people whose lives he ruined. And it's so interesting to see so much written, so much written, so many videos, so many things except we're kind of missing the boat. You, we could write from here until tomorrow. Articles don't change things, and drushes don't change things, and videos don't change things. What, what happens is, you see, we as a nation, we're chained. What's our national chain? We refuse to acknowledge that we have the same problems as greater society. We refuse to acknowledge that as much as we are a light onto the nations and we are different, we share in the same dynamic of the human conditions. And there are good Jews, many, many, many good Jews. And there are some really, really bad Jews. And there are some significant Rishayim. And it's hard for us to admit this. It's hard for us to acknowledge that there are people who abuse power. And it's hard for us to acknowledge that sometimes people in positions of leadership cover up for those very people. And it's hard for us to acknowledge that sometimes our leadership does not do the right thing in preventing harm from coming to the constituents, to the flock of Klal Yisrael. We don't like to admit these things. We don't like, and because Klal Yisrael as a nation, we're held back by these chains. That's why we don't really solve the problem. You know what happens with articles? You know what happens with articles and videos? You know what happens with them? Right? Give it a week. Give it a week. And no one will ever dust it off again. Right? And the videos go to the bottom of your YouTube feed. Right? That's what happens over time. The world doesn't change with articles and the world doesn't change with videos. The world changes 
when people decide, when a community decides to throw off the chains that are holding us back, when we decide that it's enough of trying to project an image of perfection and trying to project an image that we don't have problems when we're human beings. So we have problems as individuals and we have significant problems as a community, and I don't mean just our community, I mean the community of Kal Yisrael. So David HaMelech is saying something amazing. The Ribbono Shal Olam gives us the strength to overcome our challenges. We just have to put our faith into Him. And if we put our faith into the Ribbono Shal we're able to draw strength from Him. What happens when you draw strength from Hashem? You can get rid of your shackles. You see, it's interesting that the Radak brings in here the childless couple. Because at the end of the day, the Gemara Masechus says that there are certain keys that only the Ribbono Shal Olam holds on to, right? Certain keys that only Hashem has that He never gives out to anyone else. And amongst those keys is the Mavtech Shal the key of life. The key of life, whether or not the person has children is totally up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? That's what I'll just point out, by the way, the mitzvah of Piri of Arivia, the mitzvah of procreation is not having children. The mitzvah of procreation is to try to have children, Right, to, to engage in a marital relationship. That's the mitzvah. And the Sefer HaKinah says, of course, I can't have a mitzvah that I don't have the power to fulfill. I, I could do the hishtadlos, but I can't control the outcome. So David HaMelech says, there are certain things for which you absolutely unequivocally need HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he gives two examples. Number one, having children. Number two, casting off your chains. You can't cast off your chains by yourself. What an overwhelming and dramatic idea. No matter what your chains are, and I think many of us have been confined by the same chains for years, maybe some of us even for decades. But one thing is clear, I can't do it on my own. I need HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help me. See, I was having this conversation with my daughter, with my daughter who's in seminary this year, and she was telling me about a beautiful class that she had in tefillah, and that this particular teacher was explaining to them just the power of tefillah. And it was so interesting, she, she was saying to me, she said, Tati, you know, I find it so difficult to get everything I want to say into every tefillah, right? Which was such a beautiful thought, right? I want to get everything I want to say into every tefillah. And I, you know, I have to ask for this and I have to remind this and this one needs this. I try to tell her that also remember, tefillah is not just about asking for what you need, but tefillah is also a relationship, because when I establish a relationship with the Ribbon Shalom, that gives me strength to accomplish so much in life. Part of tefillah is bakasha, is asking for things. But a bigger part of tefillah is establishing relationship. Because all of us know that the moment you try to go at it alone in life, you're going to fail. Because anything big, we can't do on our own. Anything big, I need the Ribbono Shal Olam's partnership. Whether it's starting a family or whether it's getting rid of my chains, I need the Ribbono Shal Olam. So what's amazing over here is in one little Pasuk, in one little Pasuk, you have such a dramatic machlokes, right? So again, what's the meaning of the Pasuk? So we have Malbim, historical approach, Rashi, hybrid kind of historical, or I should say future historical approach, and then the Radak, nothing to do with Am Yisrael, past or future, Everything to do with the individual. David HaMelech almost telling us, because you know, sometimes you look at David HaMelech's life and you wonder, there's one simple question. And I'm, I'm a very big fan of David HaMelech. And one of the questions that, because I think he's the most incredible role model. And one of the questions, I think whenever you study David HaMelech's Tillam or his life is, 
how did you make it through all of this stuff? Right? How did you get through this? Again, I know we speak about this every single share, but think about all the stuff that David and Malach went through, the trauma that he went through in his home growing up, right? the mistreatment at the hands of his brother, the betrayal at the hand of the king who was his father-in-law, Shaul, right? the whole episode of the death of a child, the rebellion by a son, crazy, crazy stuff, illness. How do you make it through all of that? Just how how do you get through it? Any one of those things could sideline a person for life. How do you get through that? And the answer is, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It is only when I partner with God that I have the strength to make it through and to be successful in the challenges of life. And says the Radak, that's the meaning, Elohim, Moshev, Yechidim, Beisa, Motsi, Asirim, Bekosharos. Whatever the challenge is, creating a family, or getting rid of your chains, you need HaKadosh Baruch Hu for it. But I want to show you something amazing. Because the Ibn Ezra number five goes in a totally, you thought the, you thought the Radak was a different direction. The Ibn Ezra even goes in a different direction. Look what he says. Elokim, Beisa, al derech kibayis yase l'cha Hashem. So this is actually very interesting. So the Ibn Ezra says the bias that David Amalek references in Tehillim, is actually connected to another bias. Which other bias? If you take a look at number six, this is from Shmuel Beis. So this is Nasan Hanavi, right? The prophet Nasan speaking to King David, the David Amalekh, and he says, Nasan Hanavi says, David, I have good news for you. Hashem has promised that He is going to make you a home. He's going to create for you a home. Now, now, what is, now what does this mean? What does this mean? So the Malbim points out in number seven something amazing. David HaMalach wanted more than anything to build a home for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the Ramon Shalom said, no, I'm sorry, that's not your job. I'm not going to have you do that. But David, what I will tell you is, you won't build a home for me. But what? But what? I will build a home for you. Now, what does that mean when HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes ahead and Hashem Baruch Hu goes ahead and says, so build a home for David. So if you think about this, what does home represent? What does home represent? What would you say? Stability. Stability. Good. What else? Serenity. Right. Serenity. What else? Family. Family. Safety. Tranquility. Right. That's it. So it's amazing. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, what Nassim was telling David HaMelech was, life is going to be hard. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give you a bias. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give you a bias. Now, the question is, what does that mean for David? Did David have serenity? No, remember, again, we saw this many times. What was happening as David HaMalach was drawing his last breaths? Mamish, drawing his last breaths? Right? Adoniah ben Chagis, his son, his son is proclaiming himself as the new king. David's not dead. He's dying, but he's not dead. Literally, again, his last moments in this earth... He's dealing with another, it wasn't quite like a full-blown rebellion, but it was one of his children taking the initiative to declare himself as king. So does David Melech have serenity? No. Tranquility? No. Stability? No. But what does David Melech have? Security. Because interestingly enough in life, you could have security, even if you don't have serenity, and even if you don't have tranquility, and even if you don't have stability. How so? Because where does security come from? 
Security comes from a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. See, what a sense of security means is, Yibar Shalom, I know you have my back. I don't anticipate that things are going to be easy. And I understand that things might be overwhelming at times. And there might be moments where, again, I just feel totally overtaken by the enormity of my circumstances. But I feel a sense of security because I know that you are with me. Serenity, no. Tranquility, no. Stability, no. But security, yes. So here, Nasan Hanavi tells David, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to build you a bias. Life is not going to be easy. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises that He's going to be with you every step of the way. And as a result of knowing that God is by your side. You may not have, again, serenity, tranquility, and stability. But you'll absolutely have security. And again, according to the Eben Ezra, that's what David HaMelech is highlighting over here. Elohim Moshev Yechidim Beisa. God takes individuals and he puts them in a home. He puts them in a home. What type of home are we talking about over here? A home of security. And David HaMelech is testifying, this has been my own life experience. I have not had an easy life. It's been constant peaks and valleys, constant ups and downs. But I will tell you, although I've never enjoyed tranquility, serenity, and stability in life, I've absolutely enjoyed security every step of the way. And that's a result of my meaningful and enduring relationship with the Ribbono Shalom. But one more piece that we're going to tie it together. And this is absolutely incredible. If you take a look at number eight. Number eight. Get ready for this Gemara. The Kasha Lezavgon Kekriyas Yamsuf. The Gemara says, and I see Shlomit is here as a Kala just got married this past Sunday. So Baruch Hashem, I quoted this under her Chuppah. The Kasha Lezavgon Kekriyas Yamsuf. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, it is as difficult for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to make one Shidduch like it is for him to split the sea. The Gemara says, now watch. Where does the Gemara get that from? This is wild. And by the way, what's this week's parasha? What's this week's parasha? Parasha's Beshalach, right? Splitting of the sea. What's the pasuk that the Gemara quotes for this dynamic? Shinemar, Elokim, Moshev Yechidim Beisa, Motzi Asirim Bekosharos. Wild. So first of all, this Gemara requires a lot of explanation. So first of all, let's understand. So we have, the Gemara makes a statement. It is as difficult for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go ahead and it is difficult for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go ahead and make one Shidduch, to make a match, like it is to split the sea. So first of all, even what that means, nothing is difficult for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we'll come back to that for just a moment. But the Gemara brings a Pasuk to support this idea. What's the Pasuk that supports this idea? Again, our Pasuk from Tehillim. If you take a look at number nine, so Rashi says something amazing. Rashi says, Kikriyas Yamsuf, now, what was so difficult about Kriyas Yamsuf? What was so difficult? So Rashi says, Shinishtanu Sidrei Breshis. Remember again, when God split the sea, He changed the laws of nature. So watch this. What happens when Hashem has to make a match? When Hashem has to bring together a man and a woman? Moshev Yechidim So look at the wording of Rashi. It's so profound. Number nine, second line. Adam Yachid, the Isha Yechida, Vuhumazavgan Yachod. The wording is so profound. Adam Yachid means what? How would you translate Adam Yachid? Man is an individual. Isha Yechida. A woman is an individual. And he brings them together. 
Well, Rashi, you know what Rashi is saying on a deeper level? On a deeper level, it shouldn't be that people should be able to live together and coexist. Right? Why? Because each of us is such a complex entity unto ourselves. Adam Yachid, right? So a man, he, he, he's his own person. He has his thoughts, his goals, his aspirations, his dreams, his wants, his desires. Isha Yechida. Woman has her own thoughts, ideas, desires, wants, dreams. How could it be that two complex individuals actually are able to find each other? That's number one. Number two, agree to live their lives together. And number three, actually build a home together. So the Rashi says, the Gemara says, it defies the laws of nature. It defies the laws of nature. And that's why Rashi says, that's why Rashi says, this is the meaning. Kasha lezavgun kakriyas yamsof means the dynamic of marriage. The dynamic of marriage is just as quote-unquote difficult as the splitting of the sea. Meaning just as the splitting of the sea is, a, is an aberration, it's changed the laws of nature. It's an incredible idea to think about. The notion of marriage also changes the laws of nature. Which means according to Rashi, the way the natural order of things is how, how would people exist in the, natu- in the natural order of the world? How do you exist? By yourself. By yourself. That, that's natural order. I'm complex, right? I'm, that's a statement. I'm complex, right? And, I, and again, there's so much stuff going on in my mind. So much stuff going on in my heart. How could it be that I could coexist and make a life with another individual? It totally goes against the laws of nature. Now, look at Rashi. Rashi's not finished. He says, so that's Moshev Yechidim Besa. Motzi asirim bekosharos. So watch what Rashi does. Rashi says, Moshev yichidim beisa, that refers to marriage. Moshev yichidim, Hashem takes individuals, individual man, individual woman, beisa, and goes in and makes them into a home. And that is, that is compared to motzi asirim bekosharos. Ultimately, again, remember that's a reference to what? Hashem taking us out of Egypt. Right, that when did Hashem take us out of Egypt? Motzi Ashirim, he takes out the prisoners, Bikosharos, at a specially opportune time. Chodesh Nisan was an opportune time. The weather is great, the weather is beautiful. He took us out at a great time. So therefore the Gemara understands that the fact in this Pasuk and Tehillim, that the concept of marriage and the splitting of the sea, it says are juxtaposed, tells us that just like the splitting of the sea was a change in the laws of nature, so to marriage is miraculous because it also represents a change in the laws of nature. But the truth is, let's explore this a little bit more. Then we're going to put together all the pieces. But see, the, the, still, what we're stuck with, what we're stuck with, is the lashon of the Gemara of Kasha. It is as difficult for Hashem to go ahead and bring together a man and wife in, in marriage as it is to split the sea. The word kasha, the word difficulty, doesn't really enter into the lexicon of the divine. Right? It's not really a word that's used in conjunction with the ribbono shalolam. So perhaps the difficult part of the splitting of the sea is something different. Perhaps the difficult part wasn't the splitting of the sea, but rather what? What occurred after the sea was split? What do I mean by that? Take a look at number 10. Pasik, this week's parasha. This week's parasha says, Vayasa Moshe Asisra Miyamsuf. Then what happened? Moshe Rabbeinu Vayasa. 
he led Klal Yisrael away from the Red Sea. Now Rashi points out over here, Vayasa means not just led, led with force. Rashi says, his sea in Balkarcham number 11, Sha'atshu Mitzrayim Suseyem Betachshite, Zav, Kesef, Vavanim Tovos, Vahay Yisrael Motsin Osam Bayam. So listen to this. This is incredible. Rashi says that what happened after the sea split, remember the Egyptians drowned. So something amazing happened. What's washing up on the shores of the Red Sea? Gold, silver, jewels. They had adorned their horses, adorned their chariots, and perhaps they also had adornments on themselves. All of these riches are washing up on the shore. To the point that Rashi says, Cloudly Israel says, we're not leaving. This is great. This is great. We are promised riches. This is absolutely fantastic. We're not going anywhere. And therefore the Pasuk says, Vayasa Moshe. Moshe had to forcibly lead Klal Yisrael away from the sea. Comes along the Aznaim Torah in number 12, Rav Saratskin, and he says something amazing. He says, I don't understand how this could be. Klal Yisrael understood that the entire reason they left Mitzrayim, right? Why did we leave Egypt? Why did we leave Egypt? Right? What? Sorry? Free, well, we say, what was the point? Where, where are we going? Har Sinai. Right? Remembering it from the beginning, from the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu first appears to Moshe by the burning bush. He says to Moshe, take them out, and when you take them out, Ta'avdun esa elokim ala harazah. You're going to worship the people on this mountain, on Har Sinai. The entire purpose of leaving Egypt was for Sinaitic revelation. And the people knew this. Not only that, what are they doing already once they left Egypt? What are they doing? I'll give you a hint. We do it every year also between Pesach and Shavuos. They were counting the days, right? They were counting the days. They were already doing that when they left. So says Rav Saratskin, how could it be that they thought they were going to set up shop. And I was like, like the picture that Rashi's painting is, Klaiso crosses the Red Sea, sea comes crashing down, there's riches washing up on the shore. Moshe says, okay guys, let's go, pack it up. And they're like, no, we're good. We're good, this is beautiful over here, right? Waterfront property, it's fantastic. And there's stuff, right? There's jewels washing up over here, it's fantastic. So Sraskin says, and Moshe has to force them to leave. How could that be? How could that be? They understood what the mission was, they understood where they were headed. They understood that the goal the entire time was to get to Harsina. And he says something absolutely amazing. Kalal Yisrael's intentions were good. What were their intentions? Like Moshe, why do we have to go anywhere? Think about this for just a moment. What happened at Yamsuf? Right? Let's, let's go through this. So we know again the sea split, the Egyptians drowned. But on a theological level, what happened at Yamsuf? What happened? The nation saw God. When they say in Az Yashir, This is my God and I will exalt him. The Gemara says, Even the lowliest maidservant saw the Ribbono Shal Olam. They saw God. So they saw the hand of God. They saw the might of God. They saw God himself. They sang beautiful Shira. Moshe sang Shira. Miriam sang Shira. Yamsuf was the sight of incredible and overwhelming revelation. Yamsuf was the first time that Cloud Yisrael saw the Ribbon Hashem. So it says Rav Siratsky in something absolutely amazing. He says that the Jewish people figured, this is it. This is the location. 
Because what happens at Yamsuf? We've got Ruchnius and Gashmius. You've got the best of both worlds. There's riches washing up on shore, which is great. Right? And God Himself appeared to us in this spot. What more is there to do? Where else should we go? What else? I know, I know you spoke about Har Sinai, but tell me, how can Har Sinai ever top this? How can Har Sinai even match this? So again, says Rav Saratskin, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's not that Benesi Rashi seems to paint the picture that they got so caught up in the money. They got so caught up in the Gashmias that they did not want to go to Har Sinai. Rav Saratskin says, no, chas v'shalom. I mean, yes, it was the money, but it wasn't just the money. It wasn't just the Gashmius. It was the Ruchmius, the spirituality as well. And they did not want to leave. So what did Moshe Rabbeinu have to do? Moshe Rabbeinu had to forcibly lead them away. He says, he says, ultimately, if you look at the end of the first paragraph, the right-hand paragraph, number 12, Klal Yisrael did not want to leave such an elevated and elated experience to go somewhere else. So do you know what happened after Yamsuf? Do you know what happened? The people found their niche. And what didn't they want to do? What didn't they want to do? Move. They didn't want to go anywhere else. They did not want to grow. They did not want to change. They were perfectly and beautifully comfortable where they were. And perhaps, perhaps that's the pshat in the Gemara. Think about this just a moment. What is the greatest challenge in human relationships? It's true in marriage, but it's true in every, the greatest challenge in human relationships. Greatest challenge? Baruch Hashem, no one has any relationship challenges. Fantastic. Shkayach for all of you. Right? So again, I'll tell you, the greatest challenge in relationship dynamics is when people in a relationship refuse to change. When they are stuck in who they are and where they are and what they are and they refuse to evolve. Imagine for a moment, right? A parent has young children. Right, so what do you do with your young child, right? You, so when they eat something, they eat their vegetables, what do you say? Oh, Shafel, I'm so proud of you. That's so wonderful. Has anyone ever tried that with their 25-year-old child? Oh, wow, I'm so proud of you. You ate your whole plate. Oh, it's a second plate. Oh, wonderful. Mamala, tatla, Shafel, so fantastic. No, no one does that. Why? Because I recognize that my relationship with my child has to change. But how many times do our relationships with our children get stuck in infantile ways. The way our children relate to parents and the way parents relate to children. The greatest danger in relationships is when people refuse to evolve. That the way we interacted with each other when, when, when I was young, when you were young, when that's the way we continue to interact with each other. The parent-child relationship is the easiest one to illustrate this with. If parents try to go ahead and constantly interact with their children when they become adults, the same way as when they were kids, Right? If they tried to mother them or father them the way they were when they were child, that's a disaster. It's a disaster. And at a certain point in time, a parent has to learn to parent differently. Because if I'm parenting my adult child the same way I'm parenting a child, child, there's something wrong with my parenting and there's something stunted 
in the child. And it's true in every single life relationship. A relationship between a husband and wife, it's not the same, you know, often, often, you know, Hassan and Kala get married and, you know, it's bliss and it's wonderful and they're looking forward to spending the rest of their lives together and they're so positive that everything is going to be just like this moment under the chuppah. Until it's not, right? And life is not the chuppah. It's not. It's great. Maybe you can make it through Sheva Brachas, like with that bliss and with that wonderful. Most times I don't make it through Sheva Brachas like that. Reality sets in. Reality sets in. And the marriage is going to be great. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be blissful. But we have to evolve. Because life is not a chuppah. Because life is not a wedding. Because life is not a prolonged Sheva Brachas. Right? They always say, oh, you should be in Shana Rishona for the rest of your life. Yeah, whatever. No one's in Shana Rishona for the rest of their lives. Right? It, and again, it's very important because so often people create unrealistic expectations in relationships. Everything has to evolve. Everything has to change. Because if you get stuck where you are, the relationship dies. And this is why whenever relationship you're in, both parties to in the relationship always have to be open and receptive to change or the relationship simply fizzles out and flatlines. And perhaps that's the Gemara saying. What was the hardest part of Yamsuf? It wasn't the splitting of the sea. It's easy for God to split the sea. God could do whatever he wants. What was the difficult part of Yamsuf? Think about it. What was the difficult part of Yamsuf? Difficult part of Yamsuf was getting the Jewish people to leave. That was the difficult part of Yamsuf. They were so happy and complacent and settled where they were that they did not want to leave. They didn't want to go. And Moshe says, hey guys, hey guys, there's something better. There's something better. And they're like, no, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. That was the difficulty of Kriyas Yamsuf. We got so comfortable. By the way, in a great space. Because Rav Shratzkin says, there was Gashmias, there was Ruchnias, there was everything. And we became so comfortable in that spot, we didn't want to leave. So the Gemara says, Kasha lezavgun kekriyas yamsuf. Marriage is as difficult as kriyas yamsuf. Because to build a healthy marriage, you have to be willing to evolve. You have to be willing to grow. You have to be willing to leave where you are and move somewhere else. Because if you're immovable, if you're immovable, then the relationship dies. If you're unchangeable, the relationship dies. If you're not willing to evolve, the relationship dies. Perhaps that's the Gemara means when it says, Kasha lezavgun yamsuf. Relationships. Because again, I, I don't think that this is just a concept in marriage. I think this is a din in all life relationships. The most difficult part of relationships is the most difficult part of yamsuf. The most difficult part of Yamsuf, again, was not the same, was not the splitting of the sea. It was the inability to get people to move from where they were to where they need to get to. And what's the most difficult part in relationships? Sometimes an unwillingness to change in the context of that relationship. You know, it's often, often interesting to see when you hear people talk about chronic relationship problems. Chronic relationship problems. And like I said... You could fill in the blank. This is not just a marital thing, right? In any relationship, see, people have chronic relationship problems. So whenever someone tells, I'm not a therapist, and I don't, I, I, there are many wonderful therapists, but I'll tell you that whenever someone tells me about chronic relationship problems, I always have one simple question. Have you changed at all since the chronic problems started? Because if you haven't changed at all since the chronic problems started, 
You know how to make sure that your problems remain chronic? Stay the same. Stay the same. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. It's like having a headache and not taking Advil and wondering, huh, why do I still have this headache? I can't believe, of, of course you still have the headache. You didn't do anything. So if you didn't do anything, your head is still going to be throbbing. You have problems in a relationship? Did you do something? Did you do something? Did you look inward? Did you introspect? Did you change something about yourself? Did you leave Yamsuf and venture into the great unknown to Midbar Sinai? Or are you the same person? So if you're not willing to change, if you're the same person, then guess what? The problems of today will be the problems of tomorrow. And chances are, if you're unwilling to change, the problems of tomorrow will also be the problems of next year. And if you're really resistant to change, the problems of next year will be the same problems for the next two decades of life. That's the pshat, perhaps, in the Gemara of Kashul Zavim Kekriyas Yamsuf. That the difficulty in relationship dynamics is the same difficulty as Yamsuf. An unwillingness to move, an unwillingness to change, an unwillingness to evolve in, within a relationship. And I think if we tie this back all together, we see something absolutely amazing. Because remember again, let's go back. We, we saw the first couple of approaches, but again, remember the Ebenezer said, the Ebenezer said that the bias, Moshe, right? Moshe Yechidim Beisa, the bias that David Amalek is talking about is the bias that Hashem promised David he was going to build for him. Hashem says to David, I'm going to build you a home. I'm going to build you a home. And David Amalek says, great. It's so good to have a home. It's so good to have relationships in life because the home really represents your relationships. Right? It represents the security that our relationships afford us. But if you want to have a home, if you want excuse me, to have a functional home, then what do you need? What do you need? A willingness to change and a willingness to evolve. Moshev Yechidim Beisa. Hashem could give you the home. And Hashem could give you the marriage. And Because remember again, Hashem could give you the, the children. And Hashem could give you the friends. And Hashem could give you the parents. Hashem could give you all the relationships. He'll give you the home. But then the question becomes, what do you do with the home? What do you do with your life relationships? And that's the Gemara says, because relationships are complicated. How complicated are relationships? Kashul Zavgun Kekriyas Yamsuf. Relationships are as difficult as the splitting of the Red Sea. In that what? In that the splitting of the Red Sea was so difficult because Kali Yisrael refused to move, refused to evolve. And sometimes we're given the gift of a bias, but we don't maximize it because we become so set in our ways and we are unwilling to evolve, to change and to adapt within the context of the relationship. And if you think about what allowed David HaMelech to be successful, was exactly this. David HaMelech's crowning accomplishment was his ability to leave the banks of the Yamsuf and venture into something else. His ground, crowning accomplishment was his ability to adapt, his ability to evolve. And this is the greatest challenge I think we often face as part of the human condition. Because, you know, human beings are made of matter, right? And we know what happens with matter. What's the natural state of matter? Right? A matter, may, matter remains at rest until it is acted upon. So what ends up happening more often than not in life is we stay the same until we have to. We stay the same ultimately until something acts upon us. So, now something will come, right? I, I mentioned this on Shabbos. In life, you really have one of two choices, right? Change is an inevitable fact. The only choice you have in life is either 
you change your life or your life will change you. Those are the two options, right? There's, there's, only, there's only two things to choose from on the menu, right? You change your life or your life changes you. But change is coming. The question is, do you want to take the reins of personalistic evolution and make of yourself what you need to become and adapt that you could have more meaningful life relationships? And by the way, in those relationships, is a relationship with yourself, relationship with Hashem or are you just simply going to be acted upon? And David HaMelech tells us, Moshev Yechidim Beisa. So many incredible lessons that come out from this capital. Number one, just to bring this all together, number one, that again at the end of the day, we have to create the relationship with Hashem because the relationship with Hashem that gives us not necessarily the serenity and not tranquility, but a sense of security. And it's that sense of security that allows us to weather all of the storms in life. It doesn't necessarily allow us to escape them unscathed. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to be okay the way we'd like it to be. But at least there's a sense of security knowing that I'm not going at it alone. Lesson number one. And lesson number two, Moshev Yechidim Beisa. That at the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us relationships. He gives us a home. But at the end of the day, creating a relationship is as difficult as Yamsuf. Because sometimes, just as our ancestors were unwilling to leave that which they knew and to evolve, sometimes we're unwilling to evolve as well. And unless, unless I'm willing to change and evolve and adapt, my relationships die. They fizzle. They flatline. And lesson number three, which is from the last part of the Pasuk, where David HaMelech says, Motsi asirim bekosharos. Ultimately, again, we saw the Mepharshim that say, what does this refer to? That Hashem gives me the strength to go ahead and unlock my chains. We all have things which are holding us back. We're all chained and held in place by something. And I think each of us have a different something. At a certain point in time, you make a choice to remain a captive, to remain a victim, or to unshackle yourself and move forward. And David HaMelech says, once again, our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me the koach, gives me the strength to choose the latter. Of motzi asirim bikosharos. Our relationship with Hashem allows me to have the knowledge to identify what's shackling me and holding me in place and finally gives me the courage to unlock the chains, to undo the shackles, and Emir Hashem move forward in life. So we'll stop over here for tonight. Emir Hashem, next week we will continue with Kapitol. Kapitol Samech Tess, Emir Hashem, and we'll continue to join Tillam. There is no Tefillah Shir tomorrow. I apologize for the multiple cancellations. Uh, we sent out in the email today in the Shul the two past Shirim. Emir Hashem, stay tuned for, uh, for future series, Emir Hashem. But this year, Emir Hashem will continue next week. And again, thank you, everyone.